0: okay all right everyone take a deep breath
1: got me pot okay
0: madonna 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 (laughs) madonna um chris whenever you're ready
2: listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna, Louise, Veronica Ciccone. Hey, everybody. It's Chris.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Liberty. Tell me how we got this far. Every man for himself.
0: Oh, where's that one from? Ghost Town. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, I... I thought you were going to be doing classic Madonna because of today's episode. You like to switch I, um, it up, Liberty? You just, you just keep you me on my forget. toes. She's
1: relevant to today, so. I know,
0: it's true. Uh, hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Welcome to another edition of MLVC. Joining myself in Liberty today is Chris Vasquez, who was my Madonna BFF at her Harlem gig last fall.
2: Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thank you Woo-hoo! for having me. This is my very first podcast, so... Oh, like a virgin. Mm. Like, exactly. Mm.
0: (laughs) Very first time. I I wanted to know, Chris, have you yet recovered from our Madonna experience in Harlem?
2: No. I have daily dreams about walking down the street with her. It's incredible. Incredible. What a night.
0: For those of you who didn't know, uh, Chris and I were lucky enough to be at that gig, and we were up close and personal, and marching through the streets with her and Jean-Baptiste, uh, she literally took us to church. Um, mm-hmm.
2: It was it was amazing. It was so um, awesome. It was great yeah, to be had... in the audience with Lola, too.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it was like you know, Stephen Klein and Lola and Ricardo, her social guy. It was lots of fun.
1: Yeah. So you guys um, just basically blended in because you're as fabulous as all of them and so therefore it was like you just fit right in with her crew just i bounce. still want to know what
0: happened to the, the professional footage all we've seen from no. is like that little of us dancing in the
2: audience yeah they got a lot of good footage of us in the in the front i'm i'm waiting for it where is it
0: i'm, I'm gonna digress for a second speaking of church um on a completely out of left field commentary for the podcast I am now an ordained minister. It's um, odd to even be able to say it. Uh, I have a lifelong friend I know who asked me to officiate her vows uh, for her and her partner. Uh, so thanks to the internet and $39.99 plus shipping, I am now <laughs> a certified minister. Um, for anyone listening, I am available to be hired for any Pride weddings or Madonna walking tours. Please just DM me. And uh, yeah. I totally, uh,
1: I'm going to have you. Okay, this is my dream because I want to do this. I've wanted to for years. I want to have a vow renewal ceremony at Chicone <gasps> Vineyards in Northern Michigan. Oh. So I'm going to have you officiate. And can you do that? Can you, can you do it?
0: Destination. On a mm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think i just have, i think you just have to pay the ah. the church. oh look chris is holding up a bottle of Chiconi wine it you've got it's from lunch. the
2: vineyard that's so amazing. excellent so you, you've not drank it you just look at it oh yeah it does it's not touched <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so
0: we are really excited for today's show. We are officially kicking off a brand new segment. It's our Madonna summer movie series. Each month this summer, we plan to highlight one of the holy trinity of Madonna's 80s movies. Uh, Naturally, we are kicking off the series with... Desperately Seeking Susan. We are also gonna do it, uh, that much warned about deep dive of Shanghai Surprise. And to round off the summer movie series uh, in honor of its 35th anniversary, we are going to be doing Who's That Girl in August. So watch out for those next two. But for today, uh we are talking about the definitive Madonna movie, Desperately Seeking Susan, otherwise known As the movie where Madonna invented the selfie. Before we jump into some of the topics, Chris, where were you when uh, Desperately Seeking Susan came out? Did you watch it when you were a young lad or did you have Uh to catch it on reruns
2: (laughs) on VHS? I think I was nine when that movie came out. So I was in school. Um, (laughs) um, You know what? I don't. I don't remember seeing it when it came out. I think I saw it, like, a couple of years after. After the fact. Yeah. Um,
1: what? I, well, look, I you're like, You look like you're, like, 25. How is that even possible <laughs> that you were alive when that movie came out?
2: Oh, Liberty, I just met you, and I love you already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could be BFFs. But for real, though, like, explain. Is it MDNA skin? It must be. Uh,
2: you know, I, I do use that mm-hmm. frequently, very much. The rose mist um, is heaven sent. Um, it's a filter I'm using on the screen right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need but, some of
0: um, that. Liberty, what about you? When did you see Desperately Seeking Susan? Uh,
1: I think it was in... Actually, I didn't see it in the theater, I think because I was probably about eight when that movie yeah. was really It was 85, right? So, yeah, seven, eight. I didn't go to the movie theater. I think I watched it in my living room back in the... Um, Back in the old parentals' house and uh, VHS, I'm pretty sure. I don't even know if we rented it or if it was one of those like
0: Cinemax or something.
1: Well, I didn't have cable growing up, so I really don't remember how I would have watched it.
0: You probably were watching your neighbor's television through the living room window, right? (laughs) You're just like, oh, the McCutcheons are watching Definitely Seeking Susan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's pop no i definitely remember it was like a big we had a big floor tv you know like one of those that sat on the floor right and the vh the huge vhs player sat on top of that and i i do remember that i remember her bush no that's the wrong movie um stop (laughs) it let's see yeah no I, i i had to have been about eight seven eight i don't remember exactly how i got to see it but i remember i was absolutely enthralled with the whole like she doesn't know who she is, like the the whole amnesia part. I think because I also used to watch a lot of soap operas, and so amnesia was—I mm, was very mm-hmm. familiar with that. And please do not judge me, but this is my favorite movie overall. Like all of the movies in the world that are available for viewing, I like this. No, one. So
0: not just not just the favorite Madonna movie, but it's like a favorite movie in general.
1: <laughs> And I know that that's maybe a little bit lame, but I'm okay with that. For those of you who may not have seen the movie, Desperately Seeking Susan, shame on you, first of all, right? But here's a a few quick facts to bring you up to speed. Released in 1985, a female-driven comedy-drama written by Leora Barish and directed by Susan Seidelman, starring Rosanna Arquette, of course with Madonna. Set in New York City the plot uh, involves the interaction between two women a bored housewife and a bohemian con artist who both have a fascination with personal ads and this was the fifth highest grossing film of the year if you can imagine it grossed 27.3 million in the United States and the New York Times named it one of the best films of 1985 and that is why it's my favorite film.
0: Well, so we're going to have a little uh, Siskel and Ebert rebuttal. Chris, this is not one of your favorite Madonna movies,
1: correct? my
2: God. Liberty, we were just becoming friends.
1: <laughs> it's over. We're done.
2: <laughs> um, so when Stefan asked me to do this podcast, I was forced to put my top five on paper, which I've never really done. You know, you always discuss, oh, I love this movie. I love that movie. But to put my top five, this was... This is my fifth. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm shocked. sorry. I know. But um, I mean it's still it's still great. It's still an amazing movie. It's her being her first movie, she's amazing at it mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. I mean she is playing herself, but <laughs> um, but I think the the movie overall is is awesome, especially since it's directed and written by a woman, starring two women, I think that's the best part of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm siding with Liberty on this one. Desperately Seeking Susan is one of my favorite Madonna movies uh, for, for many, many reasons. Um, obviously, The Wardrobe, there's the soundtrack new york Iconic. city in the early Iconic. 80s i mean it's such a wonderful time capsule of an era that's like forever gone yeah. you know like the, the simple days of like when madonna could actually walk down the street uh in new york city by herself so for the purpose of our desperately seeking susan appreciation episode i'm just going to randomly select topics and we're just going to chat about that how does that sound sounds to both
1: great of you? So i would love good. to
0: do it okay so first, and we, we sort of just alluded to this, can we talk about the cast? Like, the mm. cast is so amazing in this movie. We've got, uh, you just said, Rosanna Arquette and Madonna, obviously. Okay. But then there's John Turturro, Laurie Metcalf, Aiden Quinn, Stephen Wright. And if you were to put that cast all together now, you wouldn't be able to afford the movie because it would just be the right. salaries would be way too much money. But it's like all of these people, like before they become these huge stars, um, who are some of your favorite people in the movie and why? Liberty.
1: Oh, I mean, for sure. I, I like a lot uh, Rosanna Arquette just because she's got this um, every woman sort of thing. You know, this it's very easy to identify, I think, um, with her character and with her i guess needs not really being met i don't know when i rewatched the movie just thinking about getting ready for this i was i was really taken with how i could relate to roberta how i could relate you're, you're to a
0: repressed housewife is that what you're saying
1: you know i work but i mean i get, <laughs> there even even still though there's something about that where it's like i want something more uh, so and and i could see myself a little bit in in roberta there and of course i really Admire Rosanna Arquette, particularly now she's uh, has a very political
0: voice. Which yeah, I she's like. a good a good activist and a good uh, a good ally.
1: Wow, here it is, a message from Jim. Huh? Desperately seeking Susan. Keep the faith. Tuesday, ten a.m. Battery Park, Gangway One. Love, Jim. Who's Jim?
0: Oh God, Tuesday has tomorrow. Who's Susan? You know these people? No, you see, Jim follows Susan all over the country. Last January, she was in Mexico City, then then Seattle.
1: They send messages back and forth. That's how they hook up. Now they're in New York. Desperate. I love that word. It's so romantic. Everybody I know is desperate except you. I'm desperate. You? <laughs> mm.
0: Sort of. Um. So all right, so great. So we know Liberty sits alone in her kitchen eating birthday cake. Uh, Chris, what about you? What are who are some of your who who's one of your favorite characters in Desperately Seeking
2: Susan besides Madonna? Lori Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Lori Metcalf. Lori <laughs> Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a rom-com, she's the com, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> she is she brings the comedy every single moment of that movie. And she left such an impression on me when she went from that to Roseanne. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like, thank you. I love you. Thank you. I love you. Um, Funny. I was just watching Hacks last night and she's on it. Yes. And I was like, wait, what? She's, she's still thriving from that, from, from that. I don't know if that was her first film or whatnot, but she is, Hysterical,
0: yeah, agreed. Yeah, there, I just, I one of the things I sort of loved about that movie is there's all these like weird characters mm-hmm. sp- sprinkled throughout the whole movie. You know, like yeah. you get these like. All of the prostitutes, you know, like when Roberta gets arrested and she gets thrown in the back seat and she finally remembers who she is. And, you know, and there's the the prostitutes that she meets in the back of the cab or like all of the crazy, like the cigarette woman in mm. the the magic club or like Susan's best friend who lets her crash at her yeah. apartment. You know, only seven digit phone calls. And <laughs> There's just, like, so many crazy little characters who have these, like, rich backstories that we never even get to hear about. Um, It's such a romanticized movie of New York, you know, like, they make New York seem so mysterious and wonderful and also, like, dangerous Mm -hmm. and off-putting at the same time, you know, like, it's amazing how, like, you want to be there, but then nothing but bad things are happening to these people, you know, like like poor Roberta's being stalked and banging her head and it's like
2: I have a fun fact about the cigarette girl but we can talk about that during the soundtrack portion
0: Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> um, well so you, Chris you brought up uh, Laurie Metcalf and I, that was going to be one of my next things I wanted to bring about what's everyone's favorite quotes from the movie and I know Laurie Metcalf probably has some of the best quotes in the movie Chris what is, what's one of your favorite quotes from the movie?
2: The one I have tattooed on my arm is, take a Valium like a normal person. Oh, where is it? Let me see. Let me see. I'm just kidding. It's not
0: tattooed
2: on my arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I did here <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
2: was so oh, down. I should. I totally should. You know, now that I said it, I should.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you put honestly, it out there. That,
2: that line, still, to this day, I was just like, boom, that's the one.
0: Gary, let me ask you something. What? Does
2: Mm.
0: Roberta have orgasms? I mean, did she have them with you? Orgasms? You have heard of them, haven't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe the reason she left you was because you
2: weren't satisfying? Leslie, not everybody is obsessed with orgasms. Some people just have them. Did she? Hello. What did Phil Donahue do a show Oh, you are really a pig. You oh, know that. At least God. I know about feelings. Feelings. I feel. I feel. You are disgusting, Gary. You're nice. just like Daddy. No wonder Roberta left you. Would you stop saying that, Gary? Larry. That looks great. Any word from Roberta yet? Fast work, Les. Oh, let's have some chicken.
0: The chicken is for tomorrow, Larry. What did the police say? I can't believe the two of you are eating in the middle of a crisis like this. We're nervous. What do you want? Then take a Valium like a normal person. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast and if I did. It was probably a long time ago, but Laurie Metcalf was doing a Broadway show in New York City and I was on lunch break one day and I passed by her sitting on a bench near the Broadway theater and I, all I wanted to do was go up to her and be like, so take a volume like oh a normal God. person, and then just <laughs> Why walk did away. You do
1: it! You should have done it. <laughs> and I, I was like, have done it. she
0: would think I was a loon, but uh, I didn't. I just admired her from afar, and I was oh, like, Oh "Man, YOLO, man, YOLO." <laughs> uh, Liberty. What's one of your favorite quotes from the movie?
1: Uh, there's so many that I really like, um, but used to belong to Jimi Hendrix. I like that. Um, yes. I like Gotney Pot and pretty much anything that that comes out of Madonna's mouth. I think is gold, but um, yeah. Don't
0: spend it all. Don't spend it all in one place.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My God, Susan, (laughs) I thought you were dead. Just in New Jersey. (laughs) Well, I think one of my favorites is, is. Oh, my God, I've heard that four out of five prostitutes are lesbians. (laughs) Leslie, I think I would know if my wife was a lesbian. Why? You didn't know she was a prostitute. Oh, my God, I have heard that four out of five prostitutes
2: are lesbians. I think that I would know if my wife was a lesbian. Why you didn't know she was a prostitute?
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, Laurie Metcalf. She got. I think she gets she mostly all of Gary. She is taking the car keys. <laughs> like, what does she say about me? And she's like, I mean, seriously, like she's gets she gets all of the fun lines in that movie. She's the best. Yeah. She's the best. Well, let's talk about fashion because fashion plays a very integral part of this movie. It's almost as if it's another character, you know? So you've got the main plot of the story, and it basically hinges on the fact that Madonna wants a pair of boots, and in order to get that pair of boots, she swaps her jacket, and in the jacket is where she's got the key to get the rest of her stuff. And I love that as a mechanism Mm -hmm. for the the plot to advance. You know, like, before we even get to Roberta's amnesia, where people are mistaking her for Susan, the key for the Port Authority locker being put in the jacket, and then the jacket ends up in Roberta's hands. Brilliant. It's just a fun device, and I Brilliant. love that, like, obviously, the jacket is so iconic. Like, I love... I, I Somebody gave me this face mask. <laughs>
2: oh, that's
0: nice. Which is the the pyramid on the, the back of her jacket. Yeah, what did you think of the clothes? Obviously, it's 80s fashion goodness.
2: I just read online that um, they basically went to Madonna's closet and picked out a lot of the shirts that she wore, the, the, the skirts, all the little bangles that she had. I think the gloves were hers. And they were like, yeah, this is perfect. Let's just use these. Cause they didn't Mm -hmm. have that big of a budget. So they're like, Madonna, whatever you got. (laughs) Yeah. Bring it (laughs) over.
1: What are you not using anymore? Um, (laughs) yeah. And you know what I'll, I'll have to say, because this is part, this is one of the things I think what I mentioned earlier about having this, like I can identify with Roberta is this thinking about how, you know, when she's going to give, like, she's going to take this key back to meet Susan or she's going to get the key to Susan, and she has to change her look, right? She doesn't want to be her boring housewife look anymore. She wants to try to look like, uh, you know, like Susan, um, who is looking like Madonna. So um, in a funny way, it's almost like it pays homage to this Madonna wannabe craze that was happening right really as the film was being filmed and, yeah. and then directly after where everyone is like, wants to look just like her. Um And I still go through it when I'm, you know, going and go to a concert or something like that, a Madonna show. I always try to, to dress up and I'm, I'm, and I always feel like the way that as I watched Roberta getting ready the other night, as I watched the movie again, I was like, that's me. I'm trying. I'm so desperate. Like I really want to look, you know, a good look for the show, but I still kind of don't get there. (laughs) Like I still kind of (laughs) just put on what I think is the most wild thing I have, you know, coupled with something that's more authentic, like Roberta's got the jacket. Right. But still, um, I, I really liked, uh, I like that sort of juxtaposition of this, like you're trying, you want to be just like her, but there's just, you just can't be that because the only person who can really look like that is the person who created the the look, which I guess... And now I don't know because I wasn't there, but New York at that time, there were a lot of people looking like that, right? So she didn't necessarily stand out at the time, Madonna, but... Um,
2: it encaps- encapsulates that entire era perfectly. Like if you go to a Halloween store... And you want, like, a costume from 1985, it's basically the Madonna set. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you right. got the gloves, you got the earrings, you got the jacket. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going back for just a second. Um, two other quotes that Ma- I thought Madonna um, did really well with was, keep the change, uh, and uh, she'll give you the goddamn cab fare. Yeah. Uh, cab <laughs> fare. Sorry, those, those are going to yeah. keep... The quotes are going to keep coming to me. Or And it's not, a, it's not a quote necessarily, but when the cab driver is talking to her about sushi, you know, it, was, it wasn't so bad. I said, I eat this sushi thing. I took it home. I cooked it. It tasted like fish while she's doing the lipstick. And it's the face which she gives him. Like, we've all been in there. We've all been in those cabs or those Ubers where it's like the Uber driver is just
2: like talking. To you and It's just like, please just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the taxi driver... It's this guy named Rockets Redglare. Do you guys know who that is? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so I looked him up. <laughs> um, he used to hang out with Sid Vicious, who I do know. And apparently he, he was like, he killed somebody? Or uh, he was suspected of killing somebody in the 90s or something like that? Oh, so there's before like, or after Desperate Seeking season? After. Oh, God, after. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's really cool.
1: These are little tidbits because you have to you have to think about it like that movie really had it was a vehicle for a lot of other I think actors and and, um, I mean Madonna specifically because Susan is such an integral part of who Madonna was and even still is to a certain extent but. It's been a real vehicle for people, you know, who had other, um, who who were able to kind of go on and do other things. And, uh, for example, Mark Bloom, who I think he recently passed away, uh, but playing Gary Glass. I think all of the people who are in that movie really act very well, given, you know, that maybe some, for example, Madonna playing herself, really. Still, there's still some, you know, play there. It's not all 100% just who she is.
0: Well, it's a, it's a true ensemble cast, right? you know, like, I mean, everyone knows that movie as the quote unquote Madonna movie, but I mean, those, you know, Rosanna Arquette, Aiden Quinn, I mean, their chemistry is so fantastic in the movie and Aiden Quinn is just like, I was, I had such a crush on Aiden Quinn. (gasps) Oh my God. He's just so beautiful (laughs) in that movie. And I like, I remember if you, if you saw, I think I saw the movie, on VHS tape I I had rented it from the local movie store but like if you'd seen it on TV obviously they would cut the part away when the towel drops off of right. Aiden Quinn and you see his bare butt oh. and when you rent it for the first time you know I think I rented it from like Suncoast Video and <laughs> it was like I was I, I think I remember just being like oh, you know the little the little closeted gay boy, even to myself at the time, seeing his bare butt, I'm like rewinding, you know, like pause, <laughs> rewind, pause mm-hmm. me as a 20
1: well, no, actually, I thought it was fun, that,
0: like you you get a little bit of like, I, like there was some like subtle nudity you know, like yeah. you get to see Roseanne Arquette naked through the fish tank while she's getting dressed and Dez is watching her with the cat and Susan Seidelman did a wonderful job at directing and like making all of those people look i mean they're all young and beautiful already, but like she just makes she not only makes the actors look beautiful she makes the city look beautiful mm-hmm. like it's just it's such a wonderfully shot movie the cinematography makes everything look great
1: and the movie is good i think personally sorry <laughs> i i think it's a i think they all do a great job um and you know that it's it's there's something so um successful about as far as the rom-com aspect, but there's still a little bit of, um, you know, artistic touches. It's not too, you know, silly. It's not, it's not too like,
0: silly. right. It's not campy, like where they go with, like with who's that girl. So who's yes. that girl is like camp comedy. Whereas desperately seeking Susan, I feel like they have a very fine line of it being, it's very intelligent. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, the tone that Susan Seidelman, stays on is it's equal parts funny but not like sometimes there's not like laugh out loud funny it's just smart funny Mm -hmm. and and i like that they have a really great mix of danger as well because you know you you've got you know this guy stalking Roberta, and you're, it's only like I love that you sort of like see him in the background every now and again. It's like it's almost like a where's Waldo of like, there he is at Battery City, there he is at the diner, there you know, like where is he? And he, you know, like when he finally gets her, and um, I loved that scene of Roberta running through the streets of Soho. Those uh, like you would never have that in New York ever anywhere like i can't even i'd be hard-pressed to think of a place in manhattan where you'd be able to be that alone with no one around you know like running through the streets i mean it's just it just doesn't exist yeah yeah except well i don't know chris maybe you're running through the streets alone at night i mean
2: uh, well i i I was actually born and raised in these village so i was there in the and that neighborhood going to school while she was outside filming this movie. And God, I just wish I knew now, then what I know now, I would have, I would have called in sick that whole time. (laughs) Um, But you could have been an extra. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Um, Well, when I was rediscovering the movie, I, I think the reason why I wasn't so into it was because I wasn't cool enough to know all of the insider you know like all of the actors or like the guy who she wakes up with um, Bruce Meeker bye bye Bruce right on, he's, huh? apparently he's like this huge guy his name is Richard Richard hell um, it's like punk dude he doesn't have one line nope in the movie uh-huh. and th- there was an article that was like please Give him a movie (laughs) with her as a prequel, you know? Google desperately Seeking
0: Susan Strawberry Fields, and there's a wonderful article about how much they love Desperately Seeking Susan and how much they love Richard Hell, and I thought I was going to read a little segment of that real quick. I had no idea who who this guy was. I I didn't either. I just thought he was, like, a random extra. I didn't realize he was an actual, like, person. He was huge. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But in the Strawberry Fields blog, it says... I wished there were a Desperately Seeking Susan prequel starring Richard Hell and Madonna about all the fun they had till he started getting serious. It would correct the one tragedy of the movie, which is that Richard Hell never actually speaks. And along with the Richard Hell prequel, I'd love a coffee table book of Richard Hell and Madonna's Polaroids from Atlantic City. Mostly. I wish the movie were this magical, self-regenerating thing where every time you watched, there was a new scene or an entire narrative thread that wasn't there before. I want to go see what Susan got up to in Mexico City and Seattle. I want a very intricate subplot about the neighbor saxophonist and another about the cigarette girl. I want an alternate version of the diner scene in which Des and Roberta actually get to eat their blueberry blintzes. And I'd (laughs) also love to learn more about the newspaper clerk. Um, (laughs) Chris, you had posed a thought, what would a modern day desperately seeking Susan look like?
2: What, What do you think? Well, um, obviously, it should be two guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead Mm -hmm. of Roberta and Susan, it'd be Robert and... (laughs) Stefan. Desperately seeking Stefan. Yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I don't know how it would play out, right? Uh, Because nowadays, you can find anybody anywhere. Um, so it it have to be something like um like a punk recluse who who like hates modern technology and cannot be found and um, well right because
0: that's the the brilliant thing about that movie is that plot it is only feasible because of the time of when it happens right the, there, you know, Unable to connect to each other because none of them have landlines, they Mm -hmm. don't have cell phones, and they're literally just connecting through the personals in a newspaper. Right. And so it's, it's very much a victim of circumstance when that movie's happening I had thought it would be fun like a modern day desperately seeking Susan I thought it would have been fun if if they were ever gonna reboot that in any way it would work really well as like a Netflix series where mm-hmm. each episode you could follow a different character from the movie mm-hmm. and so you sort of see their plot and what they're doing and then like every now and again, the characters cross paths. And so you sort of like, it's almost like a passing of the baton and you could maybe use like either the jacket or the port authority key or some sort of like one of the devices that they have in the movie to sort of be the baton that passes off to the, you know, the Egyptian earring, maybe one of the the Egyptian earring gets placed in somebody else's bag. And I just thought it'd be fun to sort of like each hour you get to see, different characters and their backstories. And
2: I, I love that. I love
1: that idea. And let's get Susan Seidelman to do the um, directing on that. And then we're good Wouldn't to go. Wouldn't that be
2: fantastic? Yeah. Copyright, copyright, copyright everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that's actually, it's a really fantastic idea because there are a lot of little mysteries in there that um, could be unraveled or even lead to more. Um, and especially for the time period, I think that for most of us, there is a a little bit of fantasy attached to that um to that era because before technology really like took off really that's that cusp of time where you know we have things like a television and i'm always i was always fascinated by um susan watching tv by the pool because i was like that you can't <laughs> you can't bring a television next to the pool you'll get electrocuted um
0: nefertiti no shit
2: <laughs>
1: is still No shit <laughs> gary why didn't you tell me she read the personals we could have solved this ages ago
2: wow you guys are good
1: no oh, i'm telling you i love this movie
2: that
0: movie lives rent-free in my head
1: mm-hmm. yeah so it's, a, it's like a bit of fantasy in that era where we're all um you know again we can connect to each other but we're all still disconnected then also there's you know that of course, the liveliness of New York City and the promise right that we all still think about and fantasize about regarding especially Madonna's early days' there's, there's a lot of grasses greener in the movie I think and um totally well
0: yeah. and I've always thought it was you know something as hokey of a of a plot twist as she bangs her head and she loses her like she gets amnesia like I I always thought that that was such a hokey thing, but yet, and this is a testament to Rosanna Arquette, she does sort of play it where like maybe she's just a little confused where she's like, you don't really believe that she maybe has amnesia. I also sort of always felt like maybe Roberta just wants to go with it. You know, like she's Mm -hmm. a little disoriented at first and then she's like, this is my chance. Yeah. to yeah. escape my life. I'm trapped in this unhappy marriage with a guy who's cheating on me in New Jersey and the you know, King, the spa, spa King. King of New Jersey spa King <laughs> glass house. Uh, but, You know, and she—he's got an obnoxious sister, and she hates her life. And she just she sees the window of opportunity, Mm. and she jumps at it, regardless of knowing what's going to happen. She's not as
2: dumb as you think.
1: Yeah.
0: Can we please talk about the soundtrack? Yeah. So, obviously, the there there are two soundtracks that I that I reference when I say soundtrack. Obviously, there is the original score. By Thomas Newman, it is absolutely brilliant, and I love it. But there are also the actual pop music songs that they use in the film. Um, This was early '80s, and before movie studios thought about marketing their product with a soundtrack with Madonna's new hit "Into the Groove." They they just didn't think about that type of stuff back then. So. The soundtrack for Desperately Seeking Susan is just the original score by Thomas Newman, which is what movies used to do. Uh, And then you would just have to get the songs on the artist's albums or whatever. Um, I mean, other than Into the Groove, which the demo version that they use in that movie is by far the most superior version of that song Mm -hmm. ever. I know that it got souped up and reproduced and remastered and they add a piano and blah, 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 Meh. I like the down and dirty demo that they use. I agree. Um, it's, it is by far the, my it is the, the definitive version of that song. Always has been. Always will be. Um, I think the next song I love. We played this as the pre-show music before we came on the air. J. R. Walker's cover of "Urgent," which opens the film. Mm. It's just. Brilliant. And it's I awesome. think I love it more than Foreigner's original. Shh, don't, don't tell Foreigner. Uh, but <laughs> what, are, what are some of your other standouts? Because there's a ton of music in that in that movie. What, what, what are some of the other standouts? Liberty, I'm sure you had an eagle ear.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, so my favorite song actually is in that scene where she's walking, um, trying on the new boots or the new to her boots at the resale store. I Man, I
0: gotta have them, but sixty-five bucks—that's the price.
1: <laughs> and she trades her her amazing jacket for those. I, I wish. Yeah, I bet
0: I, Jimi Hendrix would love it if I traded for Betty's the boots.
1: boots. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Respect.
0: It's a good anthem while she's walking back and forth. And I think probably one of my favorite favorite moments in the film is when Roberta is literally just stalking her. I mean, it's she's just following Susan around that day Mm -hmm. and she winds up in the store with her. She's pretending to shop, but she's just watching and observing what Susan's doing. And I don't know if, not Madonna. I don't know if Susan was supposed to be aware of her or if she was just like looking, but that stare that Madonna gives Rosanna Arquette, that side eye glance is heaven. Mm. It is like, perfect side eye glance and I just I've always loved that moment which so, and yeah. of
1: course it ends up with um Roberta fumbling with all the hangers cuz that would be me if Madonna would look at me at all I'd be like
2: <laughs> yeah <"Yup." laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. uh, yep. what are some other songs that we
2: love well I have a fun fact oh yes so the cigarette girl her name is Anne Magnuson, mm-hmm. I think um, She's the one in the Magic Club. She's always struck me as somebody who I would love to just have a conversation with. Apparently, she was in this movie called Making Mr. Right, was also directed by Susan Seidelman, who yes. shares the soundtrack to Desperately Seeking Susan. Yes.
0: It's weird that they did that back in the 80s, that it was like, we don't believe that Thomas Newman's original score is enough to sell a, a soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put it with
2: another. We're going to couple it with another movie. How about that? Uh,
0: I mean, obviously, we had Shoop Shoop song is playing over the the salon number with Hi Renee. Renee, just give her something different. Carly what Simon are some of the other songs? The oh, Carly You
1: belong to me.
0: We have that Marshall Crenshaw song mm-hmm. someday, someway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of. Did you mention Iggy Pop? I think Iggy Pop was in there. Only... What a killer soundtrack that would be if they had put that out back then in 1985. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, it would have been led by the "Into the Groove" demo. It would just would have been amazing. I don't know. I've seen them together.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it,
0: that's also one of my favorite scenes. I love when Madonna is dancing, trying, and Gary Glass is trying to have this like serious conversation because his wife is missing, and. She just is like, I just want to dance, you know. She keeps and
2: disappearing, and weird people pop up. It's so <laughs> the hysterical. Guy, the,
0: the bald guy who like yeah. does this like weird side to side dancing is like, so fun. And, again, me out. Like so, again, like if there was a Netflix series, like he would have an episode, you know, yeah. like or yeah. not even an episode, just like a couple scenes where he's like, we go, like he dances with Susan. And then he goes off and then we follow (laughs) him. And, you know, it it would just be so much fun. They could do so much with that. It's a Um, rabbit hole. Yeah, totally. I do want to talk about, uh, before we we wrap things up, because we could literally just keep talking and talking and talking ad nauseum about the movie. Um, Chris, you're a bit of a merch collector. And you've got Mm. some really interesting, desperately seeking Susan merch. Tell us about that.
2: Um, well, I only have, you know, the typical stuff. like The I jacket. Have, You've got, you bought the jacket for the Smithsonian. Wish. <laughs> no, you know, I, went, I looked up how much that jacket is online right now. It's going for $1,500. It's a that's promo. It? A, it's a promo jacket. I mean, there's several out there, I'm sure, but that's a lot. Did you think that's a lot for just a merch? I don't. If it was the authentic, (laughs) if it was the
0: authentic jacket, I would say that's a bargain. But I don't think. I don't think that's. I think they had the two jackets, (laughs) hers and the one that they made for Rosanna Arquette. And I think
2: I'm pretty sure they're both in museums. Oh yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I have a heart shaped into the groove picture disc. I have the promo poster. Um, The one thing I texted you is these three Madonna action figures that I, I, I bought them. a couple They're of like years ago. They're <laughs> dolls. They're amazing. They're awesome. And the one that I love is the shirt that she's wearing in one of the action figures is actually Madonna's shirt. The one with the MC on it. Yeah. Oh, yes. That one. That's Madonna. That's Madonna Ciccone. Right. Yes. Which it's, I had the no scene, idea. it's the
0: scene when her with Susan and Crystal sitting on that sofa on the outside of the Magic Club, which has always Freaked me out because after living in New York City and knowing yes. about bed bugs, <laughs> you do not sit on any furniture that is on the side of the street Amen. because of bed bugs. And every, I know that that was probably not an issue at the time, but every time I see them sitting on that sofa, I'm always like, oh my God, there's bed bugs in that sofa. Yep, yep, yep,
2: yep, yep. Oh, it's so Man, gross. Man,
0: I don't believe it. Some witch steals my stuff and you get fired.
2: I always love to see a says, movie. fired. let's go see a movie double feature
1: my treat (laughs) (laughs) okay but how much is popcorn
0: (laughs) oh you have a place Mm, not exactly but i'm working on it oh oh no i know what this means Uh, just one night
2: my god um, you guys could rewrite the entire script that's incredible (laughs) and i'm not even doing it word for word it's just off it's
0: just poor memory um Wait, so you don't have the Nefertiti earrings,
2: no no gloves, no boots? What what? No. I thought you I'm, had a whole load. I'm look. saving up. I'm saving up for a house. I can't I can't, <laughs> I can't buy all that stuff online anymore. I can't. Do I have it.
0: a really amazing and I don't even remember where I got it at this point. I have this amazing desperately seeking Susan tapestry and it's uh Ooh. it's um, it's huge. It's got to be like Uh, I mean, it's like it could fill a wall. It's enormous. And it's a picture of her wearing the jacket, like just like a headshot of Susan, of um, her. And it's beautiful. and um, Nice. I could probably sell it for a a little bit of cash. But uh, (laughs) speaking of, yeah, down payment for a house? Sure, I'll sell my Desperately Seeking (laughs) Susan tapestry. Here you go. (laughs) Hey, Stefan. I think it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Is it? Is it?
1: Are we desperately seeking a lightning round? Ooh, what's
0: that? Oh, stop it. Chris, you know <laughs> as a listener of the show that every guest on the podcast gets a little something we call the lightning round. It's oh just God. something. It's meant to be quick off the top of your head, wherever you're at in your Madonna journey today. Don't think too hard. Favorite Madonna song? Mm. As you oh God, as, you, sorry, as, you, as you swig <laughs> on your Evian bottle, sorry that was that was poor timing. You, Chris was deep throating an Evian bottle exactly as I asked him that. Let's we'll start over that's again. Favorite Madonna song? Mean.
2: Well, uh, um, uh, uh, future lovers. Ooh. But also crazy for you. Okay, you can only really—you're not only supposed to say one. No, well, well, well. You know, it's Madonna. You can't like just, just rattle one. off her catalog. You uh, can't have one. You can't have just one. The crazy for you is because it was our, our first dance song at our wedding. So,
0: oh, your husband a special.
2: Yeah,
0: oh, it's our first, that's sweet so, that you have a Madonna. Not many gays I know like attach Madonna to their wedding songs.
2: I mean, it's crazy for you. It's the yeah, best. Hello. song it's amazing. It's the best song ever.
0: Um, oh, and to to clarify, sorry, we're interrupting your lightning round for this very important announcement. To clarify, we are not saying that Desperately Seeking Susan is Madonna's first movie. Obviously, we know there was a certain sacrifice. We know she was in... Uh, oh, Vision Quest. You? Vision Quest, thank you. Uh, so, obviously, it was not her first. But in terms of, like, the definitive Madonna movies... Desperate and Susan is the first time she was actually a lead actor in a movie.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: right, so, uh, in a Hollywood film. So, uh, favorite Madonna tour?
2: Uh, oh, confessions. Mm-hmm. Confessions, and but also, man. girly Show. <laughs> yeah, you can't go. You can't go wrong there either. I mean, I mean, not- you can't. I can't pick just one. It's like a favorite child.
0: This is, this is true. Uh, favorite Madonna movie. We already know it's not desperately seeking Susan.
2: Every time, <laughs> She
0: should have won the Oscar. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it. That's all. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, she should have won the Oscar just based off of how good she looked at the fucking Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: I mean, I mean her globes on. were golden. <laughs> globes.
0: <Seriously. laughs> yes, she looked were. so good at the Golden Globes. And it was, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a crime that she didn't get that Oscar. Who won? I don't see. We don't even remember. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? That ship has sailed. Yeah. Favorite Madonna look, and this can be from a, a video, a tour, a photo shoot, in person.
2: Oh, oh well, you know, in person doesn't lie, right? Um, so my favorite era of her look is Ray of Light, but also erotica. <laughs> <laughs> but also... <laughs> oh God. I just love her in Beautiful Stranger, oh. the video. Oh, that oh, entire getup so and her big. outfit and her abs. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. A
0: dearly on. departed friend of mine always said if he was ever going to come back as a woman, he would come back as Madonna in the Beautiful Stranger
2: video. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It just, oh, so gorgeous.
0: Oh, the smoky eye, the hair. She, her. Her skin is so dewy, and mm. she just like her her body is just so tight and like mm. she. I love that she gave us that look for a one off song from an Austin Powers soundtrack.
2: Like, and and that's how I dance in clubs now because of her. You know correct. this whole like this that whole is correct. Thing?
0: That is the correct <laughs> way to dance
2: in a in a club. If, oh,
0: if we're privy enough to go to her pride party. That is how we are going to be dancing. Yeah, yeah if there's Amen. any room
1: in that room, goodness gracious, it's going to be. <clears throat> down, down,
0: down, down. Well, no, actually, there's two proper ways to dance, uh, and when you go to a club, like Susan at Ateria in, in Desperately Seeking Susan, nice, or nice like difficult. Madonna in the Beautiful Stranger video.
1: So, Funny yeah. that you say that because in Desperately Seeking Susan, there's a there's a little personal at the very beginning. Roberta's reading, uh, and it says there's a the title. It says Beautiful Stranger.
0: Oh yeah, oh, that's right yeah.
1: yeah,
0: You wonder if that's where Madonna got the idea
1: I do, oh. I do
2: <laughs> mm. Interesting
0: Yes, and I always did love that In the very beginning of that movie The first time you see Madonna She's taking a selfie on a Polaroid And I loved, I mean infinitely loved That she brought that back for her mm-hmm. Madame X tour And was constantly just like taking selfies on Polaroids. Like it was such a wonderful full circle moment that I don't because there weren't cameras at that show, people couldn't appreciate it because you unless you were there, you didn't see it. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you couldn't afford the Polaroid, you didn't get to see the Polaroids. But uh, yeah, I just I always loved that she sort of like had this relationship with Polaroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So the whole thing is iconic. Hmm. Oh, totally. Again, if that was today, Polaroid would have been a sponsorship. It would have been a Madonna or Desperately Seeking Susan branded Polaroid camera that would have gone out. Um, you know, I mean, like, trademark, trademark, trademark. Well, when they, when they, when Netflix finally listens to this episode and they were like, "Oh my God, we should reboot Desperately Seeking Susan," <laughs> that's what will happen. So you heard it here, folks. You heard it. Here, you heard it here first, folks. Um. Are there any other tidbits? I think I feel feel like there's a couple other tidbits that we could just shout them out. Anything, Chris? Um, did you talk about little laundry
2: list of things? Did you talk about the John Travolta and Madonna walking down the street was just the most iconic thing to happen to movies?
0: It wasn't quite as stratastic as John Travolta, but.
2: Um, I but you know that, you know, what was she eating? What was she those eating?
0: Cheese those cheese, cheese puffs.
2: Cheese puffs. Cheese puffs. And if, again, gloves.
0: if anyone <laughs> wants to go on my New York City Madonna walking tour, uh, you will be required to eat a bag of cheese puffs as we walk down St. Mark's Place. Um, yes. Just so you know. So plan your I diet mean. accordingly. Um, <laughs> It, it is—it's a whole lot of fun. Trust me, I have the whole walking tour planned out. I just need to get certified so that I won't get arrested. Um,
2: oh, 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 oh! I have one. I have one. Did you know there's an alternate ending? Uh,
0: yeah, of course.
1: I think I saw that. I saw, is it on the DVD? I have the DVD. Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah. Then I do. You me. know what it is? I
1: can't remember now.
2: They, uh, apparently they the girls ride off on a camel.
1: Oh, right. Yes. I, read, <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Weird. So,
2: I was like, no way. When I read it, I'm like, there's no way. And then I found the clip and you can tell Madonna was like, you brought me back to film me on a camel. Are you serious right now? <laughs> well, I think that was the, that was meant to be the original ending,
0: but I believe they, in a test screening, it didn't go well. And so that they had, the, the ending that we now see, uh, the original, yeah. the, the, the actual movie in the, sorry, the ending that's in the movie.
2: Right, right. I just thought that was really funny.
1: Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining everybody. It's such a nice time to meet you. I'm so
0: excited. Yeah, Chris, thanks for joining us today for this fun little chat about uh, that little movie that could in 1985. And remember, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLVC Podcast. You can also donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLVC Podcast. Also, think about becoming a subscriber. Patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC podcast. Liberty, Chris, thank you so much for today. This was a lot of fun. This is so fun. Thank you, uh, thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys.
2: Thank you, guys. See ya. Bye. bye. Susan! Oh,
0: Susan? Uh, don't get the wrong idea. She was helping me find Roberta. Susan, what are you doing here?
2: got good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? You said you were going to leave! Okay, good news first. Your wife isn't partners with the Grease Ball. Susan, my wife has just been picked up on the Lower East Side, escaping from her gun toting pimp. He's not a pimp. He's not a pimp. He's not a pimp. Yeah. The bad news he is that he's probably going to kill her because he thinks she's me. Gary, why didn't you tell me she read the personals? You could have settled this yesterday. At them all the time. I I, I didn't think. Yeah, well, fortunately for everybody, I'm here and I'm thinking. Give me the car keys. I'll bring it right back. Hiya. Gary, she is taking the
0: car keys. Shut up, Leslie. Okay. Diary. That little sneak. What'd she say about me?